Well, you did not get lost at Hocking Hills. No. Uh, I've been down there often enough that I know I know my way around. I know the trails. You know how to get back to Northwest Ohio? Oh, I do have to tell you, I was driving down this road yeah. because I was taking smaller highways. I mean, we're talking small highways. Little tiny highways? Yeah. To, you drive your matchbox car? To, to No, but to dr- uh, avoid the... The, the big highways and the traffic. Sure. And I'm driving down this road somewhere in southern Ohio. And I come up to an intersection. And there's a sign there that simply says, bridge out dead ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so how far back did you have to go? Uh, well, it was, a, it was an intersection. So I was going to turn left to go around. A, and then I saw, I kind of just pulled over to the side and the car behind me turned right uh-huh. so i figured that person knows uh, <laughs> that the, there's a detour and this is the route or they could have been a serial serial but killer s- and they were just leading you into the woods <laughs> so, sometimes <laughs> they put signs uh road closed detour this one did not say that so i followed the other car and it got me back to where i wanted to be that happened to me the other day we were going out to oak openings and there was a road closed detour sign and i knew the park entrance was just like a half a mile down the road um, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to risk it. Cause I, I thought <laughs> this is, here's my public confession again. I thought, well, I can pretend I'm local traffic and, and see where I can get to. Well, sure enough, I could get in. I got into the park just fine. And when I went back, once we were leaving it, if I actually read the sign, it said road closed in like seven miles. So oh, you were okay. So you just, you, you have to learn to read. I, I get that is the moral of the story, isn't it? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Twenty Three Podcast. Michael Puppis here with Father Herb. We're back this week, and we we're confessing getting lost on These are country roads. Country. This is country road. True Take me confessions home. of a road tripper. Okay, now I'm going to start with a little problem solving. I need your assistance. Okay, but it's not my problem. It's one of our listeners. Okay. And this <laughs> is, is this a self-help podcast? Now? Yeah, this this person told me that her problem is yeah she likes to listen to our podcast as she drives to work. Uh huh. It comes out on Thursday morning, so she listens right away as she drives to work. Okay. It's it's twenty three podcasts, which means it's twenty three minutes long. Correct. It only takes her twenty minutes to get to work. So we need to talk faster today, or we have to make sure that the last three minutes are not worth listening are to. not worth listening to. Or usually, may, that's one of the best parts of our conversation. Actually, now but, you're rubbing it in because yeah. she feels bad that she's missing something. So, okay, if you were a problem solver, how would you advise her to deal with the twenty three minutes? On a 20-minute commute. Okay. I think there's several possible things you could do. One, drive a little slower. Two, take a longer route. Three, which is probably the most likely, you could actually speed up the speed of the podcast. You mean so that we would talk really fast? Yes, you would talk really fast. (laughs) (laughs) So you can can listen to it. Double time might be a bit much, but you can listen. I, I like to listen to podcasts on one and a half times the speed. Because they don't sound like chipmunks, but it also, it just doesn't take as long to listen to. So that could be a possibility as well. Oh, so, I don't want to tell people that. So it would, one and a half, so that would be, instead of 23 minutes, that would be about 15 minutes to do it. Yeah, I, that would be about right. Yeah, so then you've got an, a bonus five minutes. To, now that's a new problem then. She has extra time on her hand. Turn on the radio and listen to your favorite station. Okay. You can jam out in the car. Well, I thought... If if we're getting up to the really juicy part, the last three minutes, 
and she's arrived, she could just sit in the parking lot for three minutes. <laughs> I've done that before. If if NPR is doing a story I'm really enjoying listening uh, oh, to, yeah. I'll sit in the parking lot. Those, those are called driveway moments. And I've done that any number of times. Yeah. Or I thought she could just drive around the block. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but we'd have to remind people that the last three minutes are worth listening to. Now that th we got to make sure that happens. Now today. maybe the first the first three minutes are not. <laughs> so far, it's been four minutes and fifty two seconds. Okay, well then we better get going. <laughs> oh, all right. So you know, I was thinking today we are one, and we always say this, but I genuinely mean it. I can't believe this weekend's November first already. That's that's gone by very fast. But it's also excited because usually we take November first as a holy day in the middle of the week, but this year we get to celebrate it. On a Sunday. So this Feast of All Saints is extra special this year in terms of being able to gather on our, our normal day. And what happens is the feast days that come from the calendar, namely November 1st, will supersede a Sunday that is ordinary time. Right. So the readings of the 31st Sunday of ordinary time simply are not going to take place this year. Poor thirty first Sunday. Don't feel too sorry. They'll be they'll be back in three years. Did you look up to see what we're missing? I did not. Uh, since we're confessing, I did not. You did. I really <laughs> thought it would be a good idea, and I will before yeah, next week. It would just because be interesting. I want to get the gap, figure out what's missing. But let's talk about the the feast of all saints. Now, you can get carried away about what is a saint. We're called to holiness, all of that. All great things to talk or about. Or we can spend our time directly on the scripture itself, which is what I want to do for this podcast. Okay. Now, the scriptures for all saints are, all three of them are wonderful. The first one is from the book of Revelation, which is always wonderful and visual. You know, a crowd of 144,000 will be saved. And then it goes on and says, and a great multitude besides from every race, from every part of every nation, every race, from every people, from every tongue. Did you get the um, memo, what we're supposed to add to this reading this weekend? It, we're supposed to say a crowd of 144,000 six feet apart with masks on. Oh, is that, that the way? To, that was just a little uh, you know, amendment. I, I don't really mind wearing masks. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I do hope that once I get to heaven, I won't be wearing a mask. Okay, that's fair. That's okay. fair. All right. The, the, the second reading and I'm right now I'm very tempted to put all my energy there, is from the first letter of St. John. I love the first letter of John. And he just basically says that we're connected with God through love. And it's a very short passage. Yes. But it, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we shall be has not yet been revealed. We do know that when it is revealed, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope based on him makes himself pure as he is pure. So it's really a call to holiness. And that is the universal call. That It's not just uh, priests and nuns are supposed to be holy and everybody else is sort of like, oh, too bad, good luck. Sure. <laughs> better, no better knowing you. Yeah, but it's like the universal call. But then we get to the gospel, and the gospel is... One of the most beautiful, one of the most powerful, one of the most commonly read, and one of the most 
misunderstood passages there is. That's a lot of qualifications on one passage. I know. And, of course, I'm talking about the one and only, the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 1 to 12a. It, it's really uh, a call to a new world. I think part of the problem is people hear it so often, and even if they like it, I don't know that they understand that Jesus is basically turning the world upside down. He's talking to the crowd. It's the Sermon on the Mount. All these people, it, says, it starts off by saying, Jesus saw the crowds, and he went up the mountain, and he, began, he sat down, and he began to teach. That's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. And then all these people are listening, and who are they? They are the poor. They are the neglected. They are the ones dealing with uh, poverty at many levels, including probably uh, illiterate. Mm -hmm. They are the ones who have no voice. They are certainly the fringe people. They are the ones who not only suffer in this life, but the norm is that if you do well in this life, that means God is blessing you. So if they're not doing well, they also believe that God is not blessing them. Right. So they are really struggling for hope. This is the ultimate message of hope. And Jesus says, blessed. Now, blessed is a really, you know, sometimes it's translated uh, happy. Happy are the poor in spirit. Yeah. I think that's that's okay. But I, I don't think it gets the full impact. I think blessed kicks it up a notch. Ha- and well, let me explain why. I think happy tends to say I am it's an emotion that I produce myself like I am me being happy is something that's happening on the inside of me however if I'm blessed that's an external factor it's a a receipt that you are receiving blessings. yes yes it's it's not up to me to be blessed necessarily uh many people perhaps the ones listening to this and I think it was true when I was growing up we were almost told it doesn't matter if you're happy in this world so long as you are blessed in the next world. So offer it up, you know, that kind of phrase, <laughs> right. you know, uh, struggle here uh, in the thing. I never promised you a rose garden. You won't be happy in this world, but you will be in the next. That, that whole image mm-hmm. was very prevalent in the 1950s, even into the 60s, but I think it still is around for some people. Mm-hmm. That's not what Jesus was preaching. He was talking about the kingdom of God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom begins on earth. Which we've said a lot. And I I talk about it all the time. And uh, so it's like we're living in the kingdom and called to live in the kingdom. And there's room for the poor. Mm -hmm. There's room for the meek. There's room for uh, peacemakers. There's even room for those who, uh, you know, hunger and thirst for what's right, for mm. righteousness. I was thinking this morning, because you're right, this is a passage that we hear often, whether it comes up in the the Sunday readings, uh, this gets used for funerals quite a bit. Uh, occasionally for weddings. Occasionally for weddings. But you're right, we always take them kind of as one chunk and try to digest them and then move on. So this morning I was thinking, wouldn't it be interesting, let's see, today's Tuesday, so we have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. How many Beatitudes are there? Eight. So you have to go to next Monday. Uh, But if we took one a day for the next eight days. You don't know how to count. 
You have to go to next Tuesday. Not if I include today as the first one, right? Tuesday. The week has seven days. Right. I don't know. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I I use my fingers and everything. Uh, But what I'm saying is if we took just one line each day and kind of allowed that to guide our meditation, wouldn't it be interesting just to take them one at a time? That would be good. And and, and And chew on them a little bit. If they start listening on Thursday of this week, it it could take them all the way through most of next week. Yeah. Yeah, no matter how many days you want to use. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I, wouldn't that, it would be an interesting exercise, I think. And okay, I, let's, let's read them. All right. And we'll read every other one. So I get to read the first, you read the second. Oh, I thought you were just going to skip the other ones. No, no. no. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> Go ahead. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, normally these are considered the eight Beatitudes, yes. but it actually adds one more. So you need an, yet another day. But see, this but this one turns it around. The others are blessed are they. This one turns it around when he says directly to the crowd, and blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. Many scholars think that the first one is the basis for the others. So it's not just uh, one among many, but it starts off with the preeminent beatitude and all the others follow. Are you saying the poor in spirit? Yes. Can you define what it means to be poor in spirit? I will try, and that's been the problem through the centuries. Well, let's fix it today in a 23-minute podcast. Well, We're going to do that in the last three minutes. <laughs> yeah, last three minutes. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, okay, so I can tell you what it's not. Okay. Some people kind of think, oh, poor in spirit means, yeah, um, I'm not attached to the stuff I have. I'm not poor, but you know, spiritually speaking, I'm okay. Uh, my spirit is weak. That's what some people say. I'm poor spiritually. I don't, I, I don't believe the way I should. Mm. What I would suggest poor in spirit means, and I've read a, lots of things about this, I come down to two things. One is the poor in spirit are the ones who so connect with the real poor people, and I don't mean real as opposed to fake real, uh, fake poor, But I mean, the ones who are physically and literally poor, Mm -hmm. uh, we align ourselves with them. If we can align ourselves with the poor, somehow uh, the preferential option for the poor, which the church speaks about quite frequently, means that God has a a special place for those who are poor in this world. And Jesus certainly did. That comes up all the time. He Mm -hmm. spent his time with poor people. Mm -hmm. So uh, that we have to align ourselves, whether we have money or not, whether we have education or not, whether we have a job or not, 
we have to align ourselves with those who are poor and see things through their eyes. You know, what really matters? We can't just say that they are the leftovers of society or the dregs or just on the fringe. Somehow we have to say that they matter. And it's only as well as we treat the poor that all of society will be better. Are you saying that that can be done from a distance that I could say, I'm aligning myself with the poor, but I don't have time to step up and serve the poor or give generously? I think think you have to know the poor in some form. And to know them is to be with them. Yes or no. I mean, yes, into some capacity. But even you got to be careful. I've known people who work at the soup kitchen and they ser- serve the meals, but they do it because it makes them feel good. Mm. It. We have to really put ourselves there. Like I am. I am with you. There was one uh, soup kitchen. I don't know if they still have the policy, but I loved it. They had a policy that if people volunteers came. At any given time, one volunteer had to not be working in the kitchen or on the serving line, but sitting with the people visiting. So everybody would take turns spending time in the dining room. And I've done that already, mm-hmm. because if you're in the dining room with somebody else, uh, sitting at the table with them, maybe even eating with them, you are aligning yourself with what their story is. And I remember doing that once and even trying to created a little conversation with people and the people did not want to talk you know they were so they wanted to get a meal they wanted to maybe they had a child they wanted to make sure the child had something to eat but they were not into sharing their story you have to respect that sure but just sitting at the table with them and maybe feeling a little out of place that is that was a necessary thing now i don't think everybody can do this every day right but we have to find a time in our life when we we look at things through the eyes of the ones who are physically poor. You know, so many times, whether it was you know, a mission trip to Appalachia that we took the high school students on or going down to Guatemala, there's always been one of the things I've appreciated about being a part of this community at St. John the 23rd is an opportunity to go and serve in some capacity. Um, but, but we're always best when we are right there with people. You know, a hundred percent. In fact, th- those are probably some of my most favorite stories. It's not. It's not the work of ta- what's taking place on the mission trip. It's the the being able just to sit and talk to people, uh, and to get to know them a bit. Uh, and I think probably for me that was one of the most frustrating things about the most recent mission trip I went on down to the U.S. Mexico border was my Spanish is not good i wouldn't even say it's not great it's, it's not almost good. non-existent that that's a stretch but <laughs> kind of true uh <laughs> thank god for google translate but i i found myself frustrated because i so badly just wanted to be able to connect and talk to people and the language barrier was prohibiting me from me being able to do that but what i was able to do was still be a human to them right so to still care for them and love them and and um, show them that even though we couldn't necessarily communicate in full sentences and maybe I could just say, how are you doing? Um, I was still somebody that wanted to know them a little bit. And, and one of the best things is when we learn from other people that puts us 
into a position of being the listeners and not just the doers or the instructors, sure. but saying we're the together. Let me get you the second understanding of this line, uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. I said it's those who align themselves with the poor. Sure. The other one is we're poor in spirit when we realize we don't have all the answers ourselves. Uh, the woman who told me, and this was in, in a barrio in Mexico, when she s said to me and some college students I was with, she said, I'm better off than you. And the college students couldn't believe this because they, were they had education and they had enough money to travel to Mexico. And so we asked what she meant. And she said, I have nothing standing between me and God. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I'm going to have lunch today for my kids. But uh, I am better off because I... I have to depend directly on God. Now, she was working to try to have lunch for her kids. It wasn't like she was doing nothing. Right. But it's that dependence on God. And I think that's the poor, poor in spirit attitude. So there we, there we are. Just the we've only talked really about the first one. Th look how, how much we could spend time. For the next nine days. We'll do <laughs> a podcast each day for the next nine days. Um, there's a lot to be said here. And I hope that. Prior to Mass this weekend, uh, we can all spend some time just kind of reading through these uh, and spending time with each one. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch in these before? Well, I just, I focused on blessed are the meek. Meek is not in, in style these days. It, <laughs> it's not, it's not on this week. Do you know any meek people besides me? But, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, do I know any meek people? I'd have to really sit and think about that. No, nobody comes to mind immediately. Uh, I've known meek people, and it's it's not that they put themselves down. Right. But it does say, okay, Lord, I am who I am before you, and I'm not going to be something I'm not. All right, so this weekend we celebrate the Feast of All Saints. I, uh, I want to share before we go, the other day in the mail that came to the parish, I got this little um, bracelet, and on one side it says, be not afraid. And on the other side, it says, become a saint. And I think that's a great reminder that each day we are called to be holy. We are called to be saints, building the kingdom of heaven. Amen. All right, we'll see you at Mass this weekend. Take care.